0: Welcome to the 26 West Church Sunday Gathering Podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching helps you experience life in Jesus. Hey, good morning good to be with you guys. My name is Steven. I'm one of the pastors here. Like Casey mentioned, Jose is literally across the world right now in Romania, and right as we're starting, they are wrapping up their final outreach uh, out there. So when we pray in a moment, we're going to pray for that. Uh, it, it's always a, a privilege to get to preach and teach God's Word, and so I'm excited for what we got dialed up today. To kick us off, quick question for us. How many of us are parents in the room? Parents in the room. A lot of us. Yes. Do you remember that day when you drove your first child home from the hospital? And how surreal that was! Like, I have never driven so carefully in my life. Right? Yeah, what normally would take 15 minutes to get home was gonna take me 45 as I'm like crawling over speed bumps. Like, is that you know car seat in there right? We spent a week in the NICU with our oldest, and I remember driving home thinking, "I, I can't believe that we're actually headed home." Uh, a week in the NICU feels like a year, and, and I also remember thinking, "I can't believe they actually trust us to take care of this baby." Like, I remember thinking, like, do they realize that I have no idea what I'm doing? Like, and that's not hyperbolic. I had never changed a diaper before changing my son's diaper, right? I remember thinking, like, do they realize that I, never have I been faced with something so important and had so little knowledge on how to do it, ever, ever. And I was, Like, it was just surreal. They're like, how can you entrust this child to me? I don't know what I'm doing. I remember thinking, like, Kelsey, you better know what's going on because you're not getting much from me here. There was just, at at some point, though, we're driving home, and and, in these first few hours, and I remember thinking to myself, yeah, but how hard can it be? I remember thinking, like, I mean, trillions of people have done this. Like, how hard can it be? I'm not the dumbest person in the last trillion people. Like, I mean, how hard can it be, right? You know, we'll be fine. And I remember thinking, plus, plus, all they do at the end of the day is they eat, they sleep, and they poop. How hard can it be? really hard <laughs> it was like famous last words right like walking down eating should be simple right again I I didn't know much I thought like they just nurse that should be simple right there's just, just nurse little did I know uh, it, no it is very challenging there's like consultants to help with this I thought like oh, this is easy nope Levi wouldn't nurse well and he was in the first like the point one percentile for weight he wasn't even on the chart pooping that's at least got to be simple like just poop baby Nope. Levi had like 100 food allergies, acid reflux that made eating and pooping an absolute disaster. Sleeping, at least that has to be simple, right? No, no. I, I didn't realize that if you're, if you're, you know, pregnant, about to have a this one's for free. Uh, <laughs> this one's for free. If they're not tired enough, they obviously won't sleep. But there's a thing called if they get too tired or overtired, they won't sleep. So there's this magical mythical window between overtired and undertired that if you miss it, you're done. You are just done. (laughs) Pray. Uh, There's this mythical window, and if you find it, they'll go to sleep. Uh, If they take a five-minute nap in the car, you're done. The day is over. (laughs) You're done. Uh, We were in a war with sleep, and we were losing badly (laughs) And I remember in a dazed state, in those first few weeks that you have off and you're just, you know, don't even know what time it is, and we're like stumbling around just, you know, basically on 30 minutes of sleep. And I remember shouting out, all you do is eat, sleep, and poop. How are you so bad at it? Because I'm I'm an amazing father. I I taught a message last month on self-control because you're in the presence of a master, clearly here's the deal. How can something so foundational be so hard to do? Like a newborn baby struggling and resisting what they were made for. We're actually quite similar. We struggle to live out what we were made for as well. One of those things is prayer. See, I've never met somebody who said, prayer? Yep, done it. Check. Nailed it. Uh, master, (laughs) like I'm a guru, right? Like never met somebody, everyone said, man, I I struggle with that. I want to grow. I want to learn more. I want to be better about this. So the question is why? Why do we struggle to pray? How do we truly pray? Today, this is where we're going. We're going to be talking about prayer together. And my hope today is that this time would be helpful together, that it'd be inspiring, that it would lead us all to collectively grow deeper in prayer. And so I'm I'm with you. If you're sitting here be like, man, this is something I, I want to grow in. I want to. Be. It is a struggle for me. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm a learner with you. And so uh, let's let's begin our time now by asking God to help us in this. And, and so let's pray, and then we're going to jump into a series of questions together. Join me in prayer. God, thank you that prayer exists. Thank you that we can talk with you. Thank you that we can know you, Lord. I pray that today would be helpful. I pray for breakthrough in people's lives. I pray for those that are longing to, to, to pray in more meaningful, deep, uh, uh, significant ways, I pray that today would be a catalyst towards that. I pray for those that are discouraged in the room, feeling like, I'm just not good at this, or man, I struggle with this, or man, I just don't have the gift of that. Lord, I pray that today would be a day of hope. I pray that today would be a day of empowerment. I pray that today would be a day of inspiration. And, and we could look back and say, man, something when we were going through that Holy Spirit series, God, you moved and you changed my prayer life. And Lord, I I pray these big prayers because you're a big God who can do big things. And so, Lord, would you bless this time. Uh, We pray this all in your mighty Son's name. And all God's people said, amen. So where we're going, uh, we're going to look at a series of questions as it pertains to prayer. But before we get into the why we struggle, number one, you can go to that next slide, is we're just going to take a step back, big picture. What is prayer? What is prayer? Uh, Author and pastor, Tim Keller, he's a huge influence on my life. He defines prayer as this. Continuing a conversation that God has started through his word and his grace. Continuing a conversation that God has started through his word and his grace. See, last week, we talked about the Bible and hearing God through his word. And this week, we're talking about prayer. And the relationship between these two things, between the Bible and prayer, is like breathing. Inhale and exhale. Breathe with me for a second. Inhale all together. And let's exhale. It is like the, the most foundational part of life. We take in God's Word spoken to us through the Bible. We inhale, and then we respond, and we exhale in prayer. As necessary as breathing is to our very lives, so is prayer and Scripture. We need both. We can't just inhale, 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 right? It's not going to work that way. We need to inhale and exhale. We need prayer and the Word. This is the breath of our lives. This is the divine conversation. Hearing God, speaking to God, relationship with God, is what we were made for. And I want to encourage us today to not view prayer— I don't know what comes into your mind when you hear the word prayer— but I want to encourage us to not view prayer as a legalistic checklist item, or as a cold religious ritual, or a pressured performance review, but simply as a conversation simply as a means of grace for connecting with your Father. I wonder if part of our struggle with prayer is we've been viewing it maybe as some way that God wouldn't want us to view it. Maybe we've been viewing it wrongly. I want us to view prayer as simply a conversation. Picture conversations around your dinner table, maybe with with family or good friends. What does that look like for you? For me growing up, it looked like we'd go to my aunt's house and she had a big house and, you know, we had cousins and aunts, uncles, grandparents, you know, my folks, siblings, we were all there at one house and we were having a good time. We'd be eating good food. We'd have like Gypsy Kings on, music's loud. We're giving each other a hard time and it was a blast. I have really endearing memories. They lived on a, an orchard. We, the kids would be out playing in the, in the back. It was a good time. I grew up rural. Uh, we'd be driving the quads around. It was a, it was a blast. And we, we, we've adopted some of this into our immediate family. And so if we have you over, we're probably uh, going to be doing uh, some similar things. We're going to be uh, not with the orchard or anything like that, but we, 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 we've, did, we've spent some time in Arizona. We're probably going to make you some tacos. We're probably still going to be playing the Gypsy Kings. We're going to be having some good conversation. And uh, it's, it's a good time. But the question is if you have friends or family over. Did you have—you've you, got those discussion guys. Did you, did you hand those out to your friends or family as they walked in the door? Here's our our approved uh, talking list. This this is the conversation starter for tonight. Did you analyze the conversation? Or do you simply just enjoy it? Just talk. Just be you. Right? Were you worried about getting the conversation right? Or were you just talking? were you just simply connecting? See, the goal of a conversation is to connect and build relationship with the person. That's the same goal for prayer. See, the point isn't to master the art of prayer is to enjoy the one you're praying to. You can go to that next slide. See, the point is not to master the art of prayer. It's to enjoy the one you're praying to. See, prayer is nothing less than an invitation to a deeper relationship with the living God. It's nothing less than that. But here's the question. We've got to be honest with ourselves here. Do you really believe that you're a son or a daughter who has a real seat at the family dinner table? do you really believe that God wants to know you? That God wants to know you and talk with you? Do you really believe that God loves you? Or maybe the one that's harder, do you really believe that God likes you? Right? Do you really believe that God wants to walk day by day in relationship with you? If you don't, It's going to be really hard to pray. It's going to be really hard to pray. And so to encourage us, I want to look together at Romans 8, verses 14 to 16. It'll be up on the screen. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And I just want to say, let these words of Scripture be a comforting assurance for those who have surrendered to Jesus. See, our adoption means access to God. Our adoption fundamentally means access to God. The Spirit is in us. Jesus redeems us. The Father adopts us. Because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, we can call upon God not as a slave, but as a child. Free, chosen, loved, without fear. We can cry out to our Father for our needs, for our desires, for our anxieties, for our thanks, for our praise, for relationship. See, God wants to be so close to you. God wants to be so close to me. God wants to be so close to us that he put his very spirit within us. How much does God want relations with us? He drew so near to us that he sends his spirit to dwell within us. And fundamentally, again, the fact that prayer exists is proof that God wants to know you. The fact that prayer exists is proof that God loves you and wants to be with you. Have you ever thought, like, prayer doesn't have to exist? There could be no way to communicate with God. The fact that it exists tells us something about the very nature of God, that He is relational, that He is love, that He wants to know you. I think that's a beautiful encouragement for us. We tracking? With me. We're also in the middle of a Holy Spirit series, right? And how does this pertain? What's the relationship between the Spirit and prayer? Well, the way that we can pray, the way that we can cry out to God as Father, the way that we can truly know God is through the Holy Spirit. That text says that the Spirit makes prayer possible. It says that by the Spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father. Further in that same chapter, it be up on the screen. Romans 8.26 says this. Paul says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. That's good news. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I just want to encourage us. The pressure's off, church. The pressure is off. The Spirit helps us in our weakness and intercedes for us when we don't know what to pray. When you don't know what to pray, the Spirit's got your back. The pressure's off, church. We can pray as a child for the Spirit testifies that we are children of God. What assurance the Scripture gives of who we are. Author Pete Gregg says this in his book on prayer. Just just wildly encouraging to me. He says this, God wants to spend time with us even more than we want to spend time with Him. God wants to spend time with us even more than we want to spend time with Him. This is a mind-blowing truth. It means that whenever you make the effort to approach the Lord in prayer, He's already waiting there for you with a smile. How do you picture God's face towards you? You're praying and he turns his gaze toward you. What is God's face towards you? Do you think God's annoyed with you? Is he disappointed with you? Or do you think he's a father full of love, ready to receive you? A smile, excited to commune with you because he loves you and wants relationship with you. As we just say, make my heart believe. Make my heart believe. See, prayer shows God's heart. He wants you. Prayer is simply a conversation to grow our relationship with our Father. Prayer is simply a gift to enjoy what we were made for, knowing God. This is what we were made for, knowing Him. Amen? Amen. Knowing Him. All right, so we're, we're asking a series of questions here. The first question was, what is prayer? You can go to the next one here second question is, why pray? So why pray? Why pray? Let's get to the heart of this. Why pray? And I want to be the first to admit, I'm self-aware enough to recognize the elephant in the room. See, a pastor calling you to pray is like a a dentist telling you to floss. It's hardly a plot twist, right? Nobody's like, didn't see this one coming. Like a pastor telling me to pray. That's crazy, right? Here's the deal. The dentist telling you to floss is is true. You should do that. Don't be gross. Floss your teeth, right? (laughs) We are called to pray. It's for our good. And you might be thinking here like, Stephen, tell me something I don't know. Like, are we re- really? Pray. Again, like newsflash. But I want to challenge you. If you're sitting here being like, okay, like, I just want to push back a little bit. See, I don't think our problem is that we don't have enough information. Like, I don't think the key to our growth is discovering something that y- you've never thought of or some new insight. I think the key to our growth is actually living out what we say we already know. I. Like, If we actually lived out, if I actually lived out the things I say I believe, I'd be in a radically different place if I fully lived it out. And this goes in all different aspects of life, including my spiritual life, my life in Christ. Again, I think the key to our growth is truly living out what we say we already know. So with that, why pray? I have a few things for us. We're going to move quickly through these. The first one, A, why pray? And these are going to be foundational. These are going to be fundamental. The first one, because we're commanded to. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Jesus says in Luke 18 that we should always pray and not give up or not lose heart. God commands us to pray because he is who we need. Like a good father, God commands. His commandments are for our life. They are for our best. We're going to have a hard time praying. We're going to have a hard time obeying God if we don't believe that his commandments are for our good. If we think he's a killjoy, we're not going to follow him. But if we actually believe like a good father, his commandments are for our life, for our flourishing, for our best, well, then we can step out in faith and believe him and obey. God's commandments are for our best. Second, we're commanded to, but also Jesus modeled prayer. In Luke 5, 5 16, it says that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness or to the desolate places for prayer. See, all throughout the gospels, we see Jesus getting away. We see Jesus ensuring he has time for prayer. We see him prioritizing his relationship with his Father. I just got like, just gotta take a step back and say, like, like, fundamentally, like fundamentally, if the incarnate Lord, if the second member of the Trinity, if the Holy God Himself, if He needed to do this, how much more do we? Like, how much more do we get? Like Jesus, that was good for you. I'm good. Like, no, you're not. If Jesus needed to do this, how much more do we? Like, how much more? We follow Jesus' example to pray. And we obey God's commands to pray because all of it is for our good. Again, fundamentally, going back to the basics here, we belong to God. God created us. He is the architect of all of life. He designed us. He knows how life works best. He knows how our life works best. He knows what's best for us. Like like a ship that's tied to the dock. It's not experiencing what it was meant to experience. It's meant to be out on the sea. And for us in our lives, if we are not experiencing a life of prayer, if we're not opening our Bible, if we're not a people of word and spirit, of prayer and communion with God, we're like a ship tied up to the dock. We are not living the full life that God intended for us to live. And I don't want us to miss out. This is what we were created for. We're commanded to. Jesus modeled prayer. And then I got a third one here. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. James 5.16 says, to confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Why pray? Prayer changes things. The reality is prayer changes things. We see it in the scriptures. We see the sun stand still through prayer. We see Jesus say, you tell this mountain to go into the sea and it's going to obey. We see all through the scriptures prayer changing things. It's amazing. We need to know this book so we can know these stories, but also we got stories in our own lives. I got stories, and I'm going to tell a few of them here to encourage us. How many of you, I know I need, how many people need some encouragement this morning? I need some encouragement this morning. I got some stories for us. I mean, one, in our own life, many of you know it. I'll keep this one super quick. You guys know about our youngest son, and we were in a bad spot, out of control, seizures, he was storm in his brain, disaster. We called the church to pray. And through this medication, they're like, oh, we don't know if this is going to work. We'll see. From the moment we called you guys to pray and fast, the storm in his brain stopped and the seizures haven't come back. And just like prayer changes things. I, I have a mentor. Again, I'm going to tell some stories. I need some encouragement. So do you. We're weary. Let's remember these stories. I have a mentor who injured his elbow. He literally could not move his arm in the air without excruciating pain. Uh, this is one of my one of my buddies in Arizona. Uh, weeks it had been like this. He literally had his arm in a sling. And he was about to teach a class, and he couldn't do it because, you know, you can't really get up on the whiteboard with the sling. It was his right arm, and he couldn't do it. And uh, he's teaching this class with his friend. He's annoyed. He's like, this is so dumb. My elbow is just uh, jacked up here. And my friend asks him, asked the mentor, he says, well, have you, have, you, have you prayed about it? And he's like, have you prayed about it? You know, it's like, is, really, you're going to ask me this? And he's annoyed, but he says, no, I haven't. And he says, well, can I pray for your elbow? And he says, sure, even like somewhat reluctantly, like, sure, go for it. Lays hands, prays on him, and immediately his elbow was healed. He, he, he could lift, he could move it, he could, he could teach the class. This is minutes later, able to teach the class, and this was about five years ago, and the pain has never come back. Kelsey and the, Kelsey was in a Bible study with a with a gal whose daughter was having seizures. And there was a, a large tumor that was found on the little girl's brain stem. It was scans, it was really serious, it, bad spot. And this, this, this group, just says women's Bible studies, so we're all going to go to what was essentially a Sikh night together to, to pray for healing for a few people in the group. Kelsey went to pray for her diabetes. This, this, this family went to pray for the daughter and a few actually other things that were happening all at once. And uh, they all left that night with a newfound hope and faith uh, in that God is able to heal. And so they encouraged this mom to pray for her daughter every night. As they're putting her to bed, just pray over her every night as she was going to go in for another scan in about a week. And so a week later, she goes in and the doctors ran the tests and her daughter's tumor was gone. The doctor said, Well, there must be something wrong with the scans. The scans must be wrong. We're going to run them again. We're going to run these scans. And the reality was, the scan was not wrong. God had healed this little girl. A friend in our community group, this is last session, he shared about how for years, despite being on medication and seeing doctors, he deeply struggled with depression and anxiety. He was also diagnosed with autism. He was clinically on the spectrum. And in a season of prayer and talking with the Lord, God called him to be baptized, and his life began to change. This is is in high school. God told him in a moment of clarity through prayer that he wanted to know him personally that God was pursuing him, that he wanted to know him personally, and he was inviting him into a deeper relationship. My friend shared that he stopped just asking God for things and started really listening to what God had to say. And in prayer, he heard God tell him that he no longer needed the medication and that God was going to heal him. My friend stopped taking his medication, and God stepped in in miraculous ways. Since that summer day of taking that specific step of faith over a decade ago, he has never had another suicidal or depressing thought. He has never needed to go back to his psychiatrist, and he is no longer clinically on the spectrum. Like, why pray? Because prayer changes things. Prayer changes lives. Prayer changes things. And we could do an open mic night and share story after story after story after story of people's lives radically changing because of prayer. Let us be a community that prays. Prayer changes things. One more. Why pray? Because prayer changes us. See, relationships change us. They just do. Marriage changes us. If you don't want to change, don't get married. Like, don't get married. There's a watching they were doing some premarital counseling and this this, this old uh, pastor says my wife's been married to five men and they've all been me you know like you fundamentally change over time like i am a more empathetic sensitive loving man because of my wife uh she's a good woman and she has made me a better man and my wife she's become a seahawks fan that's all you got from me baby i'm sorry (laughs) one-sided trade Worked out good for me. No, uh, I'd like to. You, you, I'd like to think I've also helped her too, right? Kids change us. Friends change us. So how much more, if relationships change us? So how much more is is having a relationship with the living God, having the Spirit of God inside of us, connecting daily through prayer with the Sovereign Lord of the universe? How much more is that going to change us? How much more? And again, I know we could. Do an open mic right now, and we can share story after story after story of God changing our lives. I'm gonna ask us to be bold here and a show of hands. Uh, my hand's gonna be up here. How many of you have seen your life change through walking with Jesus? How many of you have seen your life change walking with Jesus? Yes, we've seen so many of us, we've seen our appetite for God's way and holiness and obedience grow. We've seen uh, losing our taste. For, for sin and disobedience. Uh, how many of us, we've seen real victory over sin. We've seen addictions lose their grip. We've seen the shackles of sin fall. We've seen new life. We've seen new hope. We've seen new legacies. We've seen new strength. Because church, there is power in prayer. So let us be a people of prayer. Amen? Let us pray. Because prayer changes us. Prayer changes things. And prayer is for our good. It is for our good. Prayer is also what we are made for. So kind of full circle here, back to the beginning, is why do we struggle to do the very thing we were designed to do? Like that newborn who only eats, sleeps, and poops, and yet has such a hard time. Why is this such a struggle for us? And this brings us to our third question. Why do we struggle with prayer? Why do we struggle with prayer? First, let's, let's talk about one that maybe is, is the one that just is in our face most often, and that, that's distraction. Distraction. Author Paul Miller says this uh, in his book, A Praying Life. The quote will be up on the screen. He says, the most common frustration is the activity of praying itself. We last for about 15 seconds. Then out of nowhere, the day's to-do list pops up and our minds are on a tangent. We catch ourselves, and by sheer force of the will, we go back to praying. And before we know, it, it's happened again. And instead of praying, we're doing a confused mix of wandering and worrying. I'm just gonna stop here for a second. I am so glad he wrote this. <laughs> I am so, if not, I'd be like, am I the only one? This is a guy who wrote a book on prayer, a really good one, by the way. And I I was coached by their team. Uh, I was mentored by some of them. Like, these are are people that, like, do this for a living. And I'm like, okay, if you struggle with this, I feel a lot better uh, about struggling with it as well. So if you struggle, do not worry. You're in some good company here. He goes on, wandering and worrying. American culture is probably the hardest place in the world to learn to pray. We are so busy. We're so used to being entertained. We're so exhausted by the pace of life. If we try to be quiet, we're assaulted by what C.S. Lewis called the kingdom of noise. C.S. Lewis called the world a kingdom of noise 80 years ago. How much more in our social media, entertainment infatuated, instant everything, screen addicted world, how much more is it a kingdom of noise today? Prayer and hearing God requires stillness and quiet. And this poses a significant challenge to us in our context today. We were talking in community group last week, you know, we got our guides and diving back into questions, and we're talking about hearing God, and just times in our lives that we'd heard God clearly. And, and we all we all shared, and we had a similar experience, almost all of us, that, that the moments where we heard God most vividly were actually through the whisper, not through the shout. It wasn't through some loud, booming voice, but actually a still, small voice that was authoritative, but quiet in a sense that we got. was clear but it was not booming it was a whisper and what was sobering to think about just just, as we were processing this is how much we might be missing like last month i was on a retreat day and i was giving extended time to prayer and, and process And i heard god speak in some really significant ways and impactful ways but again it was a whisper and what was sobering with that is that god is likely always speaking God is likely always speaking. and would have life, encouragement, and words that would speak into my soul. But I wonder if his voice is getting drowned out in my life by the kingdom of noise. Like how much am I missing that God wants to speak to me, but my life is too noisy and the hum drowns out that voice. So my encouragement to us is would we slow down? And would we get space to be quiet, to listen and hear God's voice through? prayer. God is speaking. God is speaking. So one, why do we struggle with prayer? I think fundamentally distraction. And then two, sufficiency. What do I mean? I pray the most when I'm the most desperate. I pray the most when I'm the most desperate. I pray the most when my life feels out of control. I pray the most when things are most difficult. I pray the most when I know I can't figure this out and I need help. I pray when I know I can't handle life on my own. See, I don't enjoy trials. I do not enjoy suffering. I do not enjoy hardships. But in them I pray the most faithfully. I do not enjoy this. But in them I pray the most faithfully. And also the inverse is true. In the comfort and the ease in the seasons that are the most pleasant, I am the most prayerless. The time of year that I struggle the most to pray is on vacation. And I don't think that's any coincidence. I'm just being honest with you guys. Like the time like when I actually have the most like space and life's the most easy, it's actually the time that I have the most difficult carving out of time. Walking through a horrible season of trial, and I, I am praying without season. And I think we got to be honest together. We live in the most comfortable, affluent, self-sufficient society in the history of the world, and this does not help us pray. See, our sufficiency is actually a liability. Our perceived competency is a threat. Our seeming control of our lives is actually a danger. Second Corinthians 12, Paul says this famous word. will be up on the screen. He says, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, the upside-down paradoxical kingdom says that our self-sufficiency is actually weakness. And our weakness is actually strength. For when we are weak, why? For when we are weak, we rely on and run to God who is the source of all strength. When we're weak, we're not under the illusion that we can stand on our own. When we feel weak, we run to the one who actually is the source of all strength. When we are weak, we are strong. For when we are weak, we When we are weak, we are strong. For when we are weak, we pray. Why do we struggle? One, distraction. Two, sufficiency. And three, unanswered prayer. Let's, let's be honest again. Kelsey went to that prayer night where her friend quickly saw the miracle with the daughter. But Kelsey prayed for healing for her diabetes that night, and she didn't get healed. Many parents have kids with diseases and tumors and diagnosis, and they don't see a miracle. And this hurts. It's this confusing. It's disorienting. Unanswered prayer. The dark night of the soul. God feeling distant. Praying and you just feel like your words are hitting the roof. You're praying for the same stuff. And it gets worse. You've been praying for years for the same things. And it's not getting better. Encountering Injustice or loss or death or pain, these things they beat us down. They leave us feeling like prayer doesn't work. And it contributes to our struggle to pray. I want to enable us to, to be honest with this. Say if this is where you're at, like I've been there. This is we'll get we'll get to some how do we pray in a, in a little bit, but like a room this size, some of us were there right now. And Pete Gregg in his book on prayer has, a, has a, a sweet encouragement for us. It'll be up on the screen. He says, Frank Laubach compared praying to throwing rocks in a swamp. Each rock sinks without a trace. The exercise seems pointless, but keep going long enough. Keep throwing those rocks again and again. And the swamp will eventually be filled. One day a rock will be thrown that does not sink and solid ground will begin to appear. I think what Pete's getting at here and what encouraged me is that even if we can't see it, even when it feels pointless, prayer is changing us. God is moving under the surface, and he isn't wasting any of this. The encouragement I have for church is that one day, the rock will appear above the water. One day, Jesus, the rock of ages, will come. One day the wait will be over, and one day we will see him face to face. One day. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. As real as the chairs you're sitting in, as real as the air you're breathing, is as real as Jesus' return. This is your destiny, this is your future. This is our identity, is that people that will one day taste and see, people that one day will hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in and rest. One day we will hear, behold, I am making all things new. And one day what you're praying and what you're laboring over and the thing that is legitimately causing so much loss will be no more. One day. Don't lose heart. I also got to, I don't want to sell you a bill of goods that's, that's false. I've mean, I got to be honest, like brothers and sisters, like one that may be not until we meet Jesus face to face. I'm not going to tell us that's going to be next month, next year, next decade. I don't know. But also I'm going to tell you, to be honest, fundamentally prayer is going to be difficult. Like expect it. No Christian will ever outgrow the need to struggle and persevere in prayer. And the reality is doing anything worthwhile is difficult. Doing anything worthwhile. To have a healthy, thriving, flourishing marriage is going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require uh, some loss on, on, to yourself. It's going to be hard. You will not just stumble and drift your way there. To have a healthy family with healthy children, like, that's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be difficult. Getting a PhD is not easy. Having a thriving, awesome business that's healthy, like, that blesses others, that loves your neighbor, that honors God is not gonna be easy. Like, being healthy physically is not gonna be easy. The reality, doing anything worthwhile is difficult, and prayer is no different. Prayer is no different. It is going to be hard. And just because it's hard doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that that you give up, there, something's broken. No, it, it, anything worthwhile is going to be difficult. And because of this, because of the reality of the difficulty of just living in a broken world and these realities around us, the last question we got to ask is, is how to pray. Like, how do we pray? Like, we got to learn. If prayer is difficult, then we have to learn how to pray. And what I want to do is, is kind of shift the tone here a little bit. As I want to shift. We've been talking a lot about the heart and the why and the vision, but I don't want to just have an abstract conversation on prayer and say, "Hey, go figure it out. I want to give us some how-to's. I want to give us some practicals uh, to give us some tracks to run on, if you will. And first, where we got to start with this is Jesus' disciples asked him the same question. "Hey, how do we pray? How do we pray?" And Jesus and they asked that. Like it's not a rhetorical question. Like the very fact they're asking is because they're wondering. The very fact they're asking is probably because they didn't feel like they were masters of it, right? So they're asking. And then Jesus gives the ultimate template for prayer. He says in Matthew 6, pray like this. And what I want to do is actually just read this all together. You can go to the next slide. How to pray. The first one's the Lord's Prayer. But you can go to the next slide. How uh, oh, do I not have it in there? Sorry, guys. We're not going to read it all together. Edit. <laughs> I'll read it together. Uh, I'll read it aloud here. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus says, pray like this. And this prayer is so significant that we're gonna actually dedicate all of next week to talking about it, to hearing God in the Lord's prayer. But what I wanna encourage today in just a second is that Jesus meant it when he said, pray like this. Literally pray the Lord's Prayer. Expound on it. Pray it in your own words. The Lord's Prayer is an amazing structure to help the vine of prayer grow. And this doesn't need to be some cold religious ritual. Use it as a template. For me, when I don't know what to pray, I use this as my guide. And what it looks like, i saying, our Father, God, I thank you that you are my Father, that I'm adopted into your family. Thank you that I'm redeemed. Thank you that I'm a child. Thank you that nothing that I do or nothing that's been done to me could ever take that away from me. God, I thank you that I am safe, secure. I thank you that I have nothing to prove, nobody to impress, because I am your Son. Hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. You are set apart. You are gracious. You are good. And we just use this as as a template to build our prayers. Let us use the Lord's Prayer. We have the model. How do we pray the Lord's Prayer? More on that next week. Second practical method to pray is use the Psalms. Use the Psalms as a guide. The 150 Psalms are right in the middle of your Bible. If you don't know where to go, they're right in the middle. Uh, The 150 Psalms in your Bible, they were the prayer book of God's people. And Jesus drew strength from them on the cross. And through his whole earthly ministry, he's quoting the Psalms. And they're, they're a gift to us to guide our prayers today as well. Jesus used them. We should use them as well today. And I've been reading through the Psalms for probably about the last five years. I read other parts of the Bible as well, but I've been using the Psalms. I even got a Psalms devotional that I read daily. And just for me, I found this to be a place of a source of strength and also a place of inspiration to guide my prayers. Let us read them. Uh, About half the psalms are psalms of celebration, and about half are lament. And I think this is instructive for what the life of prayer should look like. Uh, Celebration and lament. Prayer, uh, praise, and petition. And I think we understand how to celebrate, how to be thankful, kind of what that looks like to praise. But I think think lament can be harder for us, so I'm going to talk about that just for a second. Lament. Again, this is instructive to us in the scriptures of how to pray. Lament is a key part of this. And what I want to encourage us with is don't be afraid to vent your real emotions to God. One, he already knows them. He already knows them. So don't be afraid to vent your real emotions to God. Let the Psalms be our guide. Laments are prayers of anger, confusion, sadness directed at God. They are prayers acknowledging that things are not the way they're supposed to be. See biblical lament directed at God asks, "How long will this last, O Lord?" Do you even see me? Do you even care? How can you be good if this is happening, if that is happening? God, why do you allow the wicked to prosper? God, I've been praying about this over and over. Why are you not acting? Why am I still struggling with this? After all these years, what is going on? I know some of us, we feel that this morning. We feel that this morning. This is what half the Psalms look like, guys. But there is a refrain. And maybe it's with tears in our eyes. We're bringing our real self to the Lord. We're bringing our real emotions. And then the refrain. Yet, God, I trust you. Help my unbelief. You are good. Your ways are good. You see what I cannot see. You have proven yourself faithful. Hold on to me when I have nothing, nothing left. See, the refrain of a lament ultimately prays with Jesus, who, while sweating drops of blood as he goes to the cross, he asks the Father to take away the cup of crucifixion. But his refrain is not my will, but yours be done. How do we pray? How do we pray? The Lord's Prayer, the Psalms, even as we talk about lament, uh, resource, many of the women have gone through it, Taylor Turkington's book, I'd recommend that, to, to dive in, to, to, to get more exploration into this subject. How do we pray? The Lord's Prayer, the Psalms, and I got one more, and we're just going to get as practical as possible here this morning. Uh, Pete Gregg, he has this helpful acronym in his book on prayer, appropriately titled PRAY. Uh, it never, could, never could you come up with a word more easy to guide your prayers than pray. And it stands for pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. So what does this look like? I just want to walk us through it here real quick. In this model of prayer, first we pause. What Pete wants to challenge us with is simply first start by being still before God. We pause in God's presence and ask him to speak. We ask him to guide. We ask him to direct us. Be still and know that he is God. We stop to hear God through prayer. Before we speak, we listen. Before we speak, we listen. You know, maybe it's, it's a minute. It's, it's asking God, God, I want to hear from you. You're the God who speaks. Lord, I'm listening. What do I need to hear? We just wait. And then as we feel led, we move into rejoice. And we thank God for who he is and we thank him for what he's done. We praise him for his amazing work. We thank him for his character. What has he done in your life? What has he done for you this week? What is he doing right now? What are you experiencing right now that you were once praying for that we've already forgotten? Like let us rejoice. Let us thank him for what he's done most supremely on the cross to die for our sin, to redeem us and restore us and make us new. And then from this place of rejoicing and reflection and gratitude, we move to ask, the A, ask. And we ask as a child to ask. Freely, courageously, honestly, I have an almost five-year-old, and he does not uh, ashamedly ask for things. He very boldly asks for things. Let us have the heart of a child who asks his father for what's really on our hearts. Let us share with him what's really on our hearts, and let us ask. Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. Let that not be us. Ask. And then the final movement is to yield. For God does not exist to serve us in our plans. But we exist to serve Him and honor His plans. We come with our dreams. We come with our fears. We come with our needs. And we ultimately yield them. We ultimately surrender them to our Savior, to our Father, and to our Lord. We yield trusting God with our lives. And I'd encourage us all to to take this and pray through it. Pray through P-R-A-Y this week and just see if it's a helpful guide. I've found as I've been praying through it this week to be like, this is a helpful tool. I would encourage us to do that. And so to close church, Pete Gregg says this. When a guy on prayer says it's the best bit of advice on prayer he's ever heard, you probably should take a listen, right? He says, the best bit of advice I ever received about how to pray was this. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. So church, let's keep it simple. Prayer is a conversation with your father. Christian, you are his child, so simply enjoy communing with him. Keep it simple. Church, let's also keep it real. Bring your real self to the real God to really experience his love afresh. There's a world of difference between saying prayers and really praying. There's a world of difference between saying some prayers and really praying. Just talk to him like you would your best friend or someone you deeply trust and bring your real heart, your real emotions to him, what you're really going through. And you don't need to use a prayer voice. You don't need to use special rela- like language or any of that. Keep it real. And church, let's keep it up with prayer because showing up is sometimes the greatest battle. Sometimes showing up is just the biggest battle. Find a time, find a place, find a rhythm that works for you. Bring your wandering mind, bring your half-hearted intentions, bring your tired spirit and keep it up. Keep at it for God is ready to meet with you. So as the band comes up, I started by asking the question, Why is something that we're made for so hard for us to do? The reality is we all have room to grow in stopping and listening and bringing all of life to God in prayer. There there are no masters here. There are only learners, myself included. We're all growing in prayer. And my encouragement to you, my encouragement to all of us is no matter where you are coming from, today is a new day to form new habits and new growth in hearing God connecting with God, and enjoying God through prayer. He is ready to speak. He is ready to be with us. And so let's turn to him afresh today. Amen? Thank you for listening to this episode of our Sunday Gathering podcast. To learn more about 26 West Church, please visit our website at 26westchurch.org.